smile that the highest king would welcome I was lost but he brought me oh his love for me oh his love The sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I That's a way to start a sermon out, right? Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with all of you in person. And I always want to recognize uh, everyone out there who is watching online, watching live, watching sometime during the week. So glad that you're taking a part of your day to be with us. And my great prayer every, every single time we get together is that God is already meeting you. And I'm just praying that continues uh, as, as I'm a part of this worship. And, and I just want God to continue to meet uh, and, and just dive into where you're at with him and, and, and get grown with him. So I'm just grateful to be a part of this journey with wherever you are with him. And uh, so my name's Andy. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here. And I wanna welcome you to our series. We are in week number three of this series that we're calling Press Play. And here's what we're doing. We're just looking at some of the songs that we sing here, some of the songs that we worship God with and celebrate Jesus in. And we're kind of talking about the theme or, or the, the topic of that song to go a little bit deeper into it and see why we sing these songs. And uh, so we actually made a list of these songs available. You, they, you can go grab those if you want them. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. We made a Spotify list and all that stuff. If you wanna make the actual summer playlist your summer playlist, you can do that. You can grab those and find them and download them. I don't know how you do it on Spotify. I think you just look up our church or something and I hope Brandon put those up there. So anyways, if they're not, he'll get them up there for you. Uh, but the song that we're gonna look at today uh, is the song that we just, saw is who you say I am and I want to look at a few of the of the lines in that song before we get to it it says this says who the sun sets free is free indeed I'm a child of God yes I am and then it says I am chosen not forsaken I, I am who you say I am you are for me not against me I am who you say that I am. And so here's what we're gonna talk about today with the song that we're gonna worship uh, with later on in the service. Uh, we're gonna talk about the identities that we have as Christians. That, that as someone who is a follower of Jesus, someone who's, who's given your life over uh, to Jesus, there are names that God gives us. There are identities, there's descriptions that should actually describe, be a picture of who we actually are and how we live this life. Names are really powerful, right? Names are, names are powerful. Sometimes there's a lot uh, behind a name. Uh, there's a lot behind them and, and there's a lot of meaning and, and you know what the background is. Uh, my name though, there's, there's a lot that doesn't have a lot to do with it. My name, there's nothing behind it. There's no family 
tradition or death behind my name. I checked in with my mom and the name Andrew has, there's nothing there. She just said, I, lo- I like the name. So I'm glad she liked Andrew and not like Beelzebub or something. You know what I mean? Like glad she didn't like a weird name. Uh, but there are some names that maybe you have that, that have a lot of meaning behind them, a lot of family tradition or something behind them that means a lot. Maybe some of you are juniors or the thirds or something like that. There's more meaning uh, th- than others have with that. And some of us, let's just be honest, have terrible names, all right? Like I feel bad for some of you out there. Uh, I don't know what your parents were thinking, all right? I have no idea why they did what they did. I just feel like God's grace is extra on you on this earth. As you, it's, it, I think there's an extra crown for you in heaven as you bear that cross on this earth with that terrible name that you were given, all right? Now, I, and I, so I did, did some searching, and, and I'm gonna tell you, it doesn't take very long to find some funny names out there uh, if you do a Google search on funny names. And so I did that, and uh, so I got a list, and I thought I would show you some of the names that actually were funny to me, made me laugh. These are censored. I'm gonna warn you if you do that, you're gonna find some crazy ones out there, and I'm not condoning to do this, but I censored this list for you. Some of these names, pretty funny. So, so here's some names that I found. These are real names. So here's the correspondent uh, for, for these guys. His name's Matthew Correspondent. How about that? It's pretty, I thought that was pretty good. Like, let's go to our correspondent, Matthew Correspondent. Here's the next one. Dr. Joel Rollo Coaster. I love that name. Like, so here's the thing. Like, I wonder if like, if there was where she was like, I don't know if I'm gonna marry this guy. And if like, Rollo Coaster, if that tipped the scales or not in that guy's favor. Joel Rollo Coaster. I thought that was a pretty good one. Here's another one. Dill Pickle. Honestly, it's a real name. Deal, I mean, let me get my manager, Dill Pickle. Like, can you really talk to this guy about a problem you have? Here, here's the next name. This guy was arrested, okay? <laughs> this guy was arrested. Now, could you imagine like being the arresting officer and having a straight face when you book this guy and you're like, name, Donald Duck, right? Like, I don't, there's no way you could do that and not laugh. Donald Duck. Here's a new one. Her name is Sue Yu. She's a lawyer. I'm not kidding you. I mean, like, what other profession is this person going into? Uh, There's no other profession other than being a lawyer. And here's the last one. I hope you don't have to go on a date on this one. Filet mignon. You have to go on a date, like, your wallet's like, I wish we went out with burger on a bun, right? Like, not filet mignon. I thought that was pretty good. So some of these names, like, you know, they they, they make us laugh and they're funny to look at. uh, And they really don't have any sort of deeper spiritual meaning to them at all. But here's what I want to talk about today. For those of us who are in Christ, for those of us who are following Jesus, here's the thing, gang, we have names. We have identity. We have titles associated with us that are core identities to our being and our souls and how God made us. And here's what I wanna tell you. These core identities, these names uh, that God gave us, they are what should drive our lives as we live our lives out. And here's what I wanna tell you. There are a ton of believers who actually do that. They're around us, they're here uh, among us, and they're they're all over the place. Uh, They live these identities out. They they are what drive us and define our lives. And most importantly, living these names out are what allows us to live the life that God has for us. It's so important to understand the names that we have. That's how important it is. But here's the other reality. For so many Christians, for so many people who say they are following Jesus, they, they are Christians, the identities that God gives you don't drive your life at all because the problem for so many Christians, you don't know who you are. 
You don't know who God says that you are. And because you don't know who you are, here's, here's the thing. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to act. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to, to do any of this stuff. And because you don't know uh, all of that, for many believers, here's the consequence of this, of not knowing who God says you are and living that out. You see, uh, you live your faith with more confusion, fear, and frustration than you ever should have. Than God ever, that's not the life God has for you. Like God did not put you on this earth to live in fear, frustration, and confusion. That's, that's not even close to how he made you. And here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about this today, wherever you are with your identities. Here's what I know about you and about our society. We are dying to know who we are. We're dying. It's a billion dollar industry into like understanding who we are, man. Part of why Myers-Briggs and you know, the disc profile and Enneagram and all that stuff is like crazy popular. And I'm not saying that, that there's nothing, but there's nothing bad about those in, in their essence or anything like that. But why they're so popular, why they're so crazy popular is that we're just looking for someone to give us a name or, or a title or, or some numbers or digits to tell us who we are. That's what we're doing. Oh, okay, so what am I, an ENTGA? Okay, uh, all right, so I, I'm a one with a four wing. Okay, that's who I am. That, like that's, okay, now I know who I am. But, but there is, listen to me, there is, there is a deeper spiritual understanding of who God says we are that should be the foundation of our lives. It should be the foundation of our lives on top of all these other things that should be good or whatever, but those aren't what should define us. There's a core identities that God gives us. Who am I? Who am I? Because to know, here's, here's the thing, gang, to know that I am a child of the most high God who, who, is, who is here and who is chosen, who is valued, who is accepted with a purpose on this earth, who has been given by him gifts and abilities to bless and help people and, and build in on God's economy and not just be some cog in, in, in the smaller economy here is so huge to understand everybody. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? And just know this, not only are you dying to know who you are, here's the thing about our culture, our culture's dying to tell you who they think you are. They're, don't you know that? Like they're dying to tell you who they think you are. Man, our culture, our culture is driving that bus, man. They want you to get on that so quickly. They want you to get on that bus of what they want to tell you who you are. They want that narrative from everywhere they can. Because here's the, if they could tell you who you are, then they could steer the direction of your life. They could tell you who to, how to feel, what to do, what to buy, what to say, and, and then they got you, man. They, they have you and this stuff, and all that stuff just drives what we do. And I'm telling you right now, like I'm telling you right now as I thought about this, parents, parents here, I don't care how old your kids are, like I don't know where they're at, but I, hopefully you got some, 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 still some uh, uh, influence on them. Listen, you need to tell your kids who they are before the world does. You hear me? You need, to tell who, you need to tell your kids who they are before the world does because the world is trying to tell your kids who they are and how to feel and, and what to believe and what they should like and all that stuff. And you have to tell your kids who their identity is, where it comes from. You gotta get with them, get on their level and say, man, man, this is who you are. Man, I see that in you. That's what God's doing in you. Man, I don't know about this. This is driving me, but God's gonna do something awesome there, right? Like that's where I'm at a lot with one of my kids. Like God's gonna do something amazing with that. And, and you know, this is who you are. This is who God made you to be. And, and the only way we're gonna, here's the thing, gang. The only way we're gonna be be able to tell our kids their identity is by knowing our identity ourselves. Who are you? Who are you? And, and so I want to go through some core identities for us. See, that's my simple point today. I want to go through some core identities that God says is true of all of us who are Christians, who have who've given our lives over to Jesus, and more importantly, how living these identities out, not just understanding them, but, but living these out are key uh, to living with less frustration and hangups and having more freedom and joy as a result of this, okay? And so we're gonna only go through a few of these and here's the reality. There are dozens and dozens of identities that God gives you. 
And, and he gives them all for you to see. That's the great news about this. You don't have to wonder who you are. God's like, I'm gonna tell you who you are. I'm gonna help you in that. And so there are so many more that, than I have time with. And so I, as a help, for those of you in here, I don't know if we can get them available to you out there, but uh, in the lobby there, as you go home, like grab one, of, we have bookmarks out there on the table uh, and it has like up to 30 identities of who you are, who God says you are. And, and just more importantly, how do you live these out? Like what are the lies that the Satan and the, that our culture is trying to tell you about? So grab one of those on your way out if you're interested in and studying more of these. Uh, and so we're gonna just go through a few of these, the core identities that we have. Here's the first one, if you're taking notes, is that as a Christian in Christ, the first identity is that I am made new. I am made new. There's something about getting something new, right? Like there's just something about it. Like it's, I don't know what it is. It's like the smell, right? There's like a new smell. There's like a new, there's a new touch to it. It feels new. Uh, actually this week I got a new iPhone. I was so excited about it. And uh, like my iPhone six, yes, I said six, uh, finally texted me this week and said, bye-bye and died. Okay, like that's what it said, I'm done. Like, I don't know why you're hanging on. And so I got a, I, up, I upgraded to a iPhone SE, okay? Which is what I learned is like an iPhone seven. So I know there's like 12, 12 of them out there, so I'm getting there. Uh, just give me a little bit, give me a decade and I'll get to the 12. But man, it was so nice. It was so nice to get it out and like open it up and it just looked new and, and to look at the screen uncracked. You know what I mean? Like it was awesome. And uh, it was just awesome to see. And here's the thing, you know what I did with that old phone? I pitched it. I pitched it. Like I don't need it anymore. It's, it's obsolete. It's, it's unnecessary. There's no need. It's been replaced. And here's what God says about you. This is what he says. He goes, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. It's pitched. The new life has begun. When, uh, when, Jesus, when Jesus came back from the dead, it was the greatest event that ever happened in the history of humankind. Like the resurrection, when that happened, when the resurrection happened, the unique thing about the resurrection is that it has a definite day it began. This is different than any philosophy and any other religion that, were, that, that, that exists out there because the resurrection happened in one moment at one time with one person, Jesus. Like the day before it was never there and then when it happened, it was there and it changed humankind. It was unbelievable. It fulfilled all of God's plans, all of God's uh, direction and design for, for us and when Jesus came back from the dead. And here's the thing about the resurrection. Here's the thing about the resurrection wasn't just with Jesus. This is what we got to realize, everybody. The resurrection didn't just end with Jesus. See, with every single person who says they have accepted and believe and follow Jesus, you see, the resurrection has actually been injected into you as well. I want you to think about, you are walking with resurrection in you. It's in you that on the day that you accepted Jesus, you walk with it. Jesus' new life gives you new life as well. People who experience that new life, here's the thing that happens, gang. Change happens. It's you just change the result because the old is gone and the new life has begun. And it's, it's one of the amazing realities that happens with those of us who are in Christ. It's a name you have. It's a distinctive mark of who you are in Christ, that you are and are continuing to be made new. Being made new means that you don't have to look to your past to, to identify your future anymore. It's awesome. You're free from your past like to say, no, that's not what's gonna, that's not what's gonna reveal my future. Being made new means you're clean. You are literally seen as clean by your, by your creator God because of what Jesus did for you. You can think of whatever it is you did, whatever, he just sees you as new. That's what, that's what he says because of Jesus. And you being made new means your position has changed, that you have access to power, the true power of the Holy Spirit and what he could do in you and that you are no longer identified in God's economy as anything else that you can overcome and you can be sustained in life's ups and downs. One of the, one of the greatest realities 
for every single person who's accepted this gift from God, which is that you've seen your life and, and that you've, you've repented from, you've turned from your life of sin and death and you've, you've accepted and, and you've turned away from your abilities and, and you met the risen Jesus and what he has done for you, you became a new creation. You became a new creation. You were and are made new. You're no longer identified in God's economy as anything else. And to repent, repent is a big thing. Uh, repent uh, is, is when you're made new. Like what happens is you repent. And what repent is, is, is that you, it means that you come to an understanding in your life that you have a sin-stained soul and, and that you cannot do anything to clean it up. You, you can't do one thing in you to clean it up. And that just, there's a humility to that. When you've come to the true realization, you can't clean yourself up no matter what you do. But here's the thing, you don't have to. When you come to understand, like I don't have to, and there's grace in that. Because I could turn to Jesus. I could turn my life over to him. I'm, I'm choosing to let Jesus be my forgiver and the one who cleans me. And I, so then therefore, as a result, then, then I commit my life, I commit my future, I commit my des- destiny, my everything to Jesus, the one who has risen from the dead, who has resurrection power that can come into me and I'm made new. And Acts, in the book of Acts, which we studied earlier, it caused in one day after one sermon, 3,000 people to get baptized. That's what like, it did for them. It changed them so much. They're like, I gotta tell the world that I'm, so, that I'm made new. This is, I'm clean. I wanna get cleansed. I wanna get, I wanna get baptized. And they, they knew the change in their hearts that happened. And so they wanted to be obedient, get baptized in front of all kinds of people. And it was because they experienced a real washing of their soul. And, and it's no different today. It's no different today. If you've been changed by this good news that you are made new, man, like you can't wait to get baptized. You can't wait to tell the world, man, what do I do? What do I, that's what they were saying. What do we do? And he said, repent and be baptized. They're like, okay, let's do it. And that's the same that we see today. And we've seen so many times, hundreds and hundreds of times in this church that you wouldn't wait. You, I mean, for, for those of us who are made new and you realize that, you, why would you wait? Why would you even hesitate to go through the waters of baptism? Because you just want to say, thank you, Jesus. I want to tell the world that I am new. I don't no longer have to look back in my past to reveal who I am, that you are my revealer of everything. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to, I want to invite all of you right now, any of you who are interested in doing it, we're going to do a baptism on July 25th. That's like three or four Sundays from now. I want to invite you to come and get baptized, man. We're going to do that. We're going to have a baptism. Uh, and so I just, I just don't think that you should wait any longer. If, if that's you and you're made new, you know you're new, this is your identity. Sign up, go to riverridge.tv, just go to the next steps, get on baptism. Don't let the excuses allow you to, to miss out on this identity and what God tells you to do as a result of being made new. So in Christ, I'm new. Here's a second identity that we all have in Christ is in Christ, I'm also chosen. I'm chosen. Here's what he says about those of us who are chosen. He says this. He says, even as he, God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So I want you to think about this one for a second. Let's leave this up here for a second. Don't, don't go to the black screen. I want, I want everybody to see this as I talk through this here. So I want you to think about this saying. What this is saying is, is that God had you in mind. He knew you, he saw you, he created you before anything else existed. Before he made anything else, he saw your face. He looked forward in time and he knew you. He's like, I see you, I know who you are. And he made you before anything else was made and he chose you. That's the thing, he chose you to be made, exist, and flourish, and to know him. There's nothing like being chosen, right? There's nothing like it. Like I, I, like I just think about how Courtney chose me 13 years ago. She still, she, she still chooses me every day. It blows my mind, right? Like sometimes I'm like so grateful that she does. Like I don't know why, but she does, you know? And I'm, it's the same with God. Like he chooses, the Bible says that God chose you. Just 
sit in that for us. He chose you. And not only that, but it says that he predestined you. And here's what that means. You have a destiny. That you have a God-made destiny in your life first for you to know him, but also that you have a unique purpose to make a difference for him in this world. And you may be here, you may not see that, but it's in you. I'm just telling you, it's in you. If you're a Christian, if you identify as a follower of Jesus who has surrendered over your life to Jesus and, and, and it's there, but in, and it's there. And maybe for you, it hasn't come out yet, but it's maybe, maybe this hasn't come out yet because of the sin that's still like hindering your life. And you know it, like you know you're not following the, the things that God tells you to follow and, and, and there's this clutter of sin and all that stuff, but it's still there waiting for you to make a difference. If you confess your sin, if you get back on with God and put your life and faith in, in the trust and trust it in Jesus's hands, man. I'm telling you that we all have that as an identity. And here's how we live this one out. This is how we live this one out of being chosen, okay? Because he chose us, here's the neat thing within that one. We are now a representative of Jesus in this world. Every single Christian, the day you said yes, you became an ambassador, a representative of Jesus to the entire world, which means you come in the name of Jesus wherever you go, wherever you walk, wherever you talk, that's who you are. And so here's what I wanna tell you. Right now, as you sit as a Christian, regardless of how you represent him, you are a representative of him. And that's just huge to understand. Regardless of how you do it, you are a representative of him. Here's where God says this about you. He says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God, listen, as though God was making his appeal, how's he doing it? Through you. He's like, I'm gonna make my appeal about Jesus through you to other people, that you are my ambassador. This is your name. This is who you are. And my question to you is this, is this how you see yourself? Do you see yourself that way? That wherever you walk, you are a walking representative of the most high God, that you are God's chosen instrument in your office, that you are God's chosen instrument in your, in your dorm room, that you are God's chosen instrument in the hallways of your high school, that you were chosen to be the walking carrier of reconciliation wherever you go. And so here's my question. This is just my question. I wanna challenge us with, with this identity you have. It'll change your life if you live for this. I'm telling you, how do people see Jesus through your life? Right now, as you walk and talk with people, how do they see Jesus through you? How would they see what Jesus means and who he is? If you were the only representative on this entire earth and they said, man, I wanna know about Jesus, I'm just gonna look at your life, what would they see? How would they see who Jesus is? Would they see a change that should happen, a new life that comes? Would they see the way you love God and the way that you love people and follow him is so different than what they're used to? That it's just so different than what they see. Do they see that he matters and he's vitally, vitally critical to how you live your life? Is that what they would see? I think some of you, here's the thing. I'm just gonna be like blunt. I think some of you don't want that responsibility, but you don't have a choice. This one, you don't have a choice. You are a representative of him. Whether you want this or not, you, you are an ambassador. He's making his appeal through your life to someone right now as you live. And you may, some of you may feel like you're not ready for that. Or like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I got what that, I don't know, Andy. I don't know if I have what it takes. I'm not ready for that, but, but this is who you are. I wanna encourage you. This is who you are. God does not wait for anybody to be perfect to go after imperfect people. And he doesn't expect you to be perfect either. He wants to use you as an ambassador as you are for others who experience Christ and real change in their lives as they see the change that happens in yours. And I'm telling you this, gang, if you get that, it will change your life and it will change others around you as well. I guarantee it. Here's the third one. That in Christ, so I'm new. In Christ, I'm chosen. Before he ever made anything, he saw you. Man, that's crazy. And here's the third one. In Christ, I am valued. <clears throat> I'm valued. This is a big one. 
this is a big one as I work through some of these. It was really hard to cut down like what four identities I'm gonna talk about. I think this would be because here's what I wanna ask. Like, where do you find your value these days? Like, how do you gauge that? And I ask that because I think so many of us look to the wrong things and go to the wrong places to identify the value that we have. Some of you feel, right when I asked that, some of you felt when I just asked that, where do you find your value? Because you feel devalued. You don't feel valued. Maybe you feel taken advantage of at work by your boss or, or worse, you have somebody in your family or something like that. Maybe that, that's what you're looking for and, and you feel underappreciated. Some of you have carried this for a long time because of your parents and what they said or you were a mistake or, or you know, you, it just, you never measured up. And so now you're constantly, even though you don't know it, you're in your subconscious, you're just trying to find that approval. You still listen to that voice of you're not good enough. And so here's what I wanna say. Here's what I wanna say to this. If you base your value on your boss or your in-laws or whatever they think, there's trouble there. There's trouble there, everybody. But what if I told you this? What if I told you that the only thing that matters, the only thing that really matters is what God thinks about you? What if that's true? What if the only thing that really matters that brings full, full, the fullness of the value in your life is what God thinks about you? And here's what the Bible says. You are highly valued by God. So your in-laws can stuff it, man. You know what I mean? Like, because they don't matter. They don't matter, everybody. You, the full measure is from God. What if that's true? And what if you can find nothing but fulfillment in understanding the value he has? Here's how valued you are. It says that you are so valued that Jesus spilled his blood to redeem you. Whew. That's how much he values you. You will never feel completely valued until you find your value in Jesus who gave his life for you. And you need to know this. Just please understand this. If you're the only person that ever existed, he would still have done it. Think about that he still would have done it. And here's the greatest gift of living this one out. When you understand and believe that your value comes from God alone, then here's the great freedom that you can live. Pretending is done. You don't have to pretend anymore. And I'm telling you, so many of us are exhausted from pretending our way through life. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, so many of you right now are pretending your way through life because you want their approval. You want them, you go to the Facebook and you want this the thing to happen, all that stuff. And you're not even wanting to do any of this. You just want somebody else's approval. That's all like in the name of Jesus could be free. You just be free from that when you understand how God, man, I'm telling you, the approval, the need for approval, stop, stop needing the likes. I mean, you'll stop needing to keep up. It's just, it's free to live out this identity. Check out what Paul says too. This is another like sort of thing within this identity of being valued. Here's what he says. He says, so we uh, are God's workmanship created in Christ uh, for good works, which God prepared before. And there's a predestiny again, like we're made for a purpose here that we should walk in them. I want to keep this up here too, because I want to talk through this one for a second. So in here, here's what uh, Paul is saying. So Paul is, he's making separating state statements here. He's saying for we, and so he's saying, well, I'm just talking to Christians. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm just talking to believers. So this is separating text. And these are for people who are walking in. And he says that we, listen to me, are his workmanship. Here's what this means. He is doing the work, not you. He is doing the work in you, which means my, listen to me, this is so important. My Christian identity is his job. It's his job. So catch this. Because we don't make ourselves, because we didn't create ourselves, because we don't save ourselves. You see, God did. Like God did, he created the universe. He created everything. He created man. He's been chasing us from the creation. Like he's been doing that. He set up like everything. He gave us the law and kings and prophets. And then on the right time, he sent us his son. Because of all of that, you see, you don't get to give yourself whatever name you wanna give. You don't get to do that. 
He gives you the names that he wants to give you and he wants to define your life because of what I just described of who he is and what he's done for you. God gives us these names. It's who we are really in Christ. And here it says, says we are his workmanship. The, the word for work, workmanship here, it actually means a, a poem or a work of art. It's a masterpiece. That's what it means, that, that you are a, a, his masterpiece. And, and so here's the thing, the greatest creator, designer, artist in the universe, in the universe, looks at you and he says, you're my masterpiece. Come on. Some of you don't believe that right now, but that's what this literally translates to. You are a work of art in his, in his sight. That's how he sees you, man, in Christ, man. Do you see, if you can own this, how much approval you don't need from anybody else? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how much he believes and sees in you and Jesus. The reason why so many Christians, I think, feel less than impressive is because you're looking at your work. But if you could just see what his, his work is unbelievably impressive. And he's like, and you're part of it. Your part, that's who you are, and he's doing the work. And you, maybe for some of you, just need to sit there and think about that again for a minute in your life. I'm his masterpiece? Like he sees me as that? Like I'm a, I'm a poem to him. He's writing my story. He's, he's writing my stuff out. If I just surrender over to him and just follow his ways, man, he wants to write my life out like a poem, like, like a masterpiece, that the only value you need and fills you up is the one, only one that comes from your heavenly father and nothing and no one else. It's so freeing to live like that. It's so freeing to live out of that Facebook world that we live and get mixed up in the rat race of trying to find it somewhere else. Amen, everybody? That's an awesome identity. It's an awesome identity. So, so we're highly valued. So, so the next time your ex ridicules you, remember your value and where it comes from. Next time you're made fun of or rejected, remember that you're accepted by the most high God and that's all that matters. And the next time you're tempted to pretend, remember your approval is already there. It's already there and you don't have to be in that race anymore in the name of Jesus. What an awesome identity we have right there that we are valued by him. Here's the last one. That in Christ, I'm also secure. I'm secure. In the book of, Paul, in the book of Romans, like I'm gonna get, we're gonna be in Romans eight there for a second, but, but Paul uh, in the book of Romans spends seven chapters, seven chapters talking about the gospel. Like he lays out the gospel. It's amazing. If you've never studied Romans, read Romans one, uh, the whole thing. But if you read Romans one uh, to the last part of seven, it lays out the entire gospel of creation and God and us and, and all this stuff. And so I'm gonna give it to you as quickly as I can that we are great sinners, that's kind of how it starts. We're great, it's not a great start for us, but we're great sinners. And every individual, everybody here, like that's how you started. And, and that God is infinitely good, that, that he is holy and he is just. And because of that, we don't mix, like right away. Like even from just being born, we do not mix with that because our sin and our actions, just by living our lives out with no, like that, that doesn't mix with God, okay? That we are under his wrath and condemnation because of that, just by simply living our lives. Like that's where we start uh, with God. And so we're sentenced, here's what it means, that we are sentenced because of that, to death, uh, to, to hell, to, to being separated from God forever. That is literally, listen to me, that is simply just the outcome of just living your life. That's the outcome. By doing nothing and also by trying to be good. Both places under the same wrath and condemnation of God. But here's the thing. God in his great mercy gave us his son because he loves you and values you and he, he wants to see you with him. And he sent us his son who was perfect and he died in our place to make it possible for God to justify, which means he can stamp you as good because of what Jesus did for you, that the only thing that you can defend you is Jesus. He is your great defender, nothing that you did. He is your great defender. And there is an amazing exchange. Here's the thing. There's an amazing exchange uh, that happens for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, for those of us who have owned that in their lives and claimed this truth for themselves. And here's the exchange that happens as a result of us making and saying yes to Jesus. It's Romans 8, 1. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation then. Wow. <laughs> for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. 
That from where you started, from what I just said, he goes, now you have none because of what Jesus did for you. There's no sentence, there's no death sentence, there's no hell for you. There is, there is only a reality of you being joined with God and, and enjoying his amazing presence in your life and in eternity forever through Christ. The sentence of death is done because he loves you and that love is built upon Jesus and what he did for you. And that should cause you, here's the thing, gang, that should cause you to run to him. That should cause you to live for him, not live apart from him or for yourself. And so God says, there's no death sentence for you. Jesus' work is finished in you. And so let's get moving towards that truth. That's what he's saying. Let's get moving in that life. There's an amazing, here's the thing in this identity. There is an amazing confidence that every believer in Christ has in that identity. You have a confidence. You have a confidence in your faith. You have a confidence in the salvation that we just said there's no condemnation for you. Some of us live, here's the thing, gang. Some of us live in fear of losing it. And some of us actually live in a way where your life doesn't show any sign of having that. And both of those are dangerous ways to live in your life with Christ. They're not biblical ways to live. He just said, therefore, there is now no condemnation for you. And as a result of that, you also should be living in a way where you wanna live for him, okay? For some of you, you've been living uninspired with God or you've been living, you've been living a life like you're almost condemned all the time. And I'm telling you, can I just tell you, if you're a child of God who has been saved, that you walked, you walked in salvation through Jesus the way he did for you and you're truly saved, there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ. Can you just open up to God in that? Wherever you are on both ends of those, because you're secure in Christ. That's where your security comes from because we're valued by God. We're chosen, we're made new through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Those are the identities that we have. And so here's a few things that we do with just these identities. And I, I really wanna challenge you, encourage you to get the rest of those out there in the hallway. Two things that we do as a result of these identities we have. Here's the first one, be bold. Be bold with who God says you are. Like live inspired. Man, I look around sometimes and I'm like, we are uninspired. I, I challenge myself in that all the time. Surprise, surprise. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanna be inspired by who God says that I am. If you are not bold, you are not operating in the identity that God has for you because God calls you to follow him and go to places and go with people in our lives where pa passive people will not go. He calls you to do that. He calls that life to be there. And the world will not help you in that. The world wants you to be the same man. I'm telling you, be the same, live the same generalities, like live this way, do that. Like, you know, see everyone else the same way. Like, let's just do this, see money the same way. And listen, you will never have to be bold if you just live in the world. You will never have to be bold or brave unless you know your God-given identity. So be inspired, live bold, step out in the mold of the world and be bold with the identities that God gave you. I know some of you here don't feel that special or called and you're struggling and, and you feel stuck, you feel overlooked by the world, you need to hear from God today, just free and clear. You need to hear from God today. You need to be inspired by this. You have an identity. You are new, you are chosen, you are secure, you are valued, you are called from the heart by your heavenly father who made you and saw you before anything else was created. So be bold, amen, everybody, be bold, man, be bold. Here's the second one. That then I'm gonna live out of my identity. I'm gonna live out my identity. This is, I mean, I thought about this. I came head on with this today in a conversation I had with our student ministry director, Matt. We were talking about some challenges uh, that we have with, with some of our students and stuff and just with what we're going through. None of this matters if you don't choose to live it out. You hear what I'm saying? Like none of this stuff matters if you don't choose to live it out. So how do we live it out? It's a daily choice, everybody. It's a Here's what I wanna tell you, man. Listen, listen, discovering your identity is not that hard. Living it out is a challenge in this world. Amen, everybody? And so you need help. 
How, what do we do? Then it's a daily choice. I'm gonna daily go to the scriptures, man. I'm gonna go to the word of God every single day and be inspired and encouraged by what that says on how to live like Jesus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray that the Holy Spirit helps me and reveals to me what godly living looks like, man. I'm gonna be so convinced that living God's way is better than, and I'm just gonna get rid, just like that old iPhone 6, baby. It's in the trash. That's how I'm not gonna live the way I wanna live. I couldn't sell it, by the way. Nobody'd buy it. I'm just saying like, but that's where our old life is, everybody. It's not worth it. You hear what I'm saying? Like God's like, no, no, no. This is a life that you wanna live, man. It's being around people who love God. Being like Jesus is an ongoing process that will consistently, constantly go through practices, thinking, and attitudes every day that answers this one question. And here it is, who am I? And here's what God says you are. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. That's our identity that we should be primarily defined not by anything else in the world except Jesus Christ. So we daily step in to who God says we are and we step out with that truth in us. Amen, everybody? So we be bold and we live it out. Let's pray. God, thank you for these amazing names that you give us. Man, it's awesome. Like that you, you just answer those questions of who am I? And so that when we say it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, what does that mean? You give us so many names that means so much for what you want for our lives. It's right there, God. I pray that we are bold enough to step into it and that we are bold enough also to live that out, to be ambassadors, representatives, to see you growing in us and so that we can just not sit around being idle in this faith, but we have a great identity to live out. We love you and we thank you and pray for this in Jesus' name.